Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. All right. I'd like to be the first to welcome all of our readers and listeners here to our latest GT podcast, where today I'm going to talk about one of our favorite subjects that embraces the true value of doing business globally, foreign trade zones. Now, if you're listening right now, no matter how large a manufacturer or even if you're just an individual, any size importer or exporter can take advantage of the foreign trade zone program, better known as FTZ. Now, if you're outside of the U.S., you may have known it as a free foreign or export processing zone. Even though you've heard about FTZs, you might not be aware of the sizable cost savings and other benefits you can achieve by taking advantage of a community's FTZ program. Utilizing an FTZ can dramatically reduce costs from customs duties, taxes and tariffs. It can improve your global market competitiveness and minimize bureaucratic regulations. Today, I've decided to take a look at foreign trade zones and provide a kind of case study in what being involved in an FTZ can do for your company. We've invited special guest Eric Voiles, Executive Vice President and Chief Economic Development Officer for Tex America Center in New Boston, Texas. I've asked Eric here today because he's very involved in setting up the new FTZ program in Tex America Center and is located in what I consider one of the most unique locations in Americas. Tex America Center is a place whose name represents the coming together of multiple states and the entire region is united by four state lines, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. Living and working in a region that embraces the resources of four states and multiple counties and city governments, the people there have learned important lessons about teamwork and collaboration. Eric Voiles is one of those people, and he has led the charge to bring in businesses to Tex America Center. And I felt with this unique location and opportunity, we all could learn about how FTZs can not only help in Tex America Center, but across the country. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Glad to be here. It's exciting. We've always appreciated uh, the way you look at doing business. You've been in, in several or other locations that we've worked with you in, and I've always considered you one of the most creative and proactive economic developers that really work towards bringing businesses not only um, that make sense for the area, but you help make sense for these companies to choose your locations and, and, and telling your story. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Tex America? Kind of give us your elevator pitch of what Tex America is and, and what it can do for companies. You know, I kind of see myself as a turnaround specialist. I've got about 30 years of economic development experience, been involved in business retention activities, small business development, including incubators, 
attraction programs, uh, ran a cluster development strategy focused on high-end manufacturing as well as rail-related distribution activities, even been a little bit of an import-export specialist. Um, and we're trying to bring all that to Texamerica Center to help grow jobs here in the Texarkana market. Texamerica Center is a state of Texas redevelopment authority. So we were created to redevelop surplus military property that the Department of Defense declared surplus over the last 20 years. We've got 12,000 acres and about 3 million square feet. Of that 3 million square feet, we have about 750,000 square feet occupied, and we're working to move businesses into the market to occupy more of that space. But we can also do custom built-to-suits for individuals as well. So we've got a real estate services portfolio that allows us to bring warehousing, production, manufacturing, office onto our our property. And we're interested in working with any company that uh, wants to take advantage of Texarkana's business environment as well as its strategic location of being the front door to Texas. Man, that that is really good. You have a ton of opportunities. And you're talking about advantages and today's shows really about foreign trade zones and what what opportunities they can bring to companies and I know you're setting up your FTZ program there in Tex Americas but you you've got quite a background in and what an FTZ can do in, in one of your former locations that you worked at could you tell us a little bit about that I worked in Rockford Illinois um, they had a foreign trade zone and similar to here in Texarkana, there was not a company using it. And, and we went through the process of making the foreign trade zone more attractive to use as well as marketing it and really helping people understand how you can save a considerable amount of money by using a foreign trade zone. Well, one, of the, one of the big benefits to the foreign trade zone is that it helps you to manage your funds. You know, it, it's, a, it's a way to defer payment of duties, uh, first and foremost. So any goods that travel into the foreign trade zone, according to the the U.S. government, has never entered the commerce system of the United States. Because it hasn't entered the commerce system of the United States, you don't have to pay duties or tariffs on it. So it's, it's as if it's sitting on a ship in a harbor waiting to be moved into a warehouse. However, it's here. One of the pieces that's kind of interesting you can tack on is you can do value-add work on it. So if you do that value-add work in the location, you're not paying to actually have it in your warehouse because you're doing that work inside of the foreign trade zone. Any scrap that's created gets taken off of the, uh, the table in terms of an expense. Sometimes when you do work, it will change the actual duties that are that need to be paid, and many times because you're doing value-added work in the United States, the cost goes down. So you may actually incur savings by doing the work inside of a foreign trade zone. So those are just a couple of the interesting pieces that, that come into play. We took a, an additional step that makes it easier for a company to get up and running in a foreign trade zone is we hired a consultant to come in and move us from the old system to the alternative site framework, which is the new system of activating and reporting in a foreign trade zone. This shaves time off, months off of setting up a foreign trade zone for a company to use. So we're prepared. We can move at the business uh, at their speed of how they want to get up and get running within our foreign trade zone. Oh, man, that is awesome. So, 
So here at Global Trade, we like you know we like to think of our readers and, and our listeners, and, and and they're sitting there and they they say they want to take advantage of this. What what type of companies did you see really benefit in terms of industry? What type of industry did you see benefit? From an FTZ? Eric, that's a really great question. And the companies that benefit the most are those that are heavily involved in global trade. So if you're sourcing from Israel as well as Korea, but you're planning on selling uh, some amount of that product back into the United States, but also perhaps you're going to sell some of that finished product to Canada as well as Mexico, all of a sudden, the foreign trade zone, you almost can't do business without it. So if you're going to be importing over a million dollars worth of inventory, a company really owes it to itself to explore how the foreign trade zone is going to save them money and help them with uh, better manage their cash flow. I like the benefits. I'm into the, the benefits and everything's lining up. How do I know if I'm too small? Is there too small or too big? Yeah, um, the rule of thumb is if you're importing over $1 million worth of uh, inventory into the United States, you probably will save money. I've seen companies actually record $250,000 worth of savings uh, because of moving their operations into a foreign trade zone. So, I mean, we're talking real money here. So paint that picture for me. I'm, I'm interested in a location like Tex America Center. And it intrigues me. I've been there. I like the quality of life. I love everything about it. Do I have to locate to a specific area that's designated as a foreign trade zone, or how does that work? Because we went through the alternative site framework, we actually got a geographic region, almost the entire southern half of Bowie County here on the Texas side of the Texarkana MSA to be a part of the foreign trade zone that's approved for this fast track occupancy. Now, if there's not an existing building available, you know, of course, one would need to be built. That's one of the benefits of doing business with Tex America Center is that uh, we have hundreds of thousands of building, hundreds of thousands of square foot of building standing that can be immediately occupied. But no, you do not have to work specifically with Tex America Center. You know, we can introduce you to the uh, Chamber of Commerce here, and you can look at uh, other locations within the Texarkana market. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if there was like a specific region that you had to locate to or, you know, if it if it's can there be de designation on a company's individual site if they chose a particular site that they liked, can they work towards an FTZ designation? They can. Those are spot zones and you would contact us and we would help identify the the appropriate individuals within the the, the custom and border patrol agency to work through getting those those sites. And that's out, that's if you're going to do it outside of our market, say in northern uh, Bowie County where the, the current parameters aren't laid down. But okay. yes, you know, there's multiple uh, opportunities. And this, this is the same really for anywhere in the United States where there might be a foreign trade zone. There's a specific area that it's easier to set a foreign trade zone up. And then if you want to do it outside of that, there's spot zones and you just have to work through the appropriate paperwork to get the approval process. What if I'm a company that's inside of your region currently and I'm not taking advantage of a foreign trade zone? Are there ways that I can? There absolutely is. First thing is, um, you know, for a company like that, we'd like to introduce them to the consultant that we work with, and we would pay for this analysis. 
um, for you to go through a feasibility study to determine if you were to set up and operate a foreign trade zone, would you actually save money? And we'll do that for companies looking to come into our market as well. But you go through, you do the feasibility assessment, and then if it shows that there's a positive return on the investment that you'll make, then it's just a question of whether or not you choose to proceed with setting up that foreign trade zone to operate within. The other piece that I think is important is you don't have to operate it yourself. You can outsource to a third-party logistics providers. We have a company here called WW Williams that has experience in operating foreign trade zones for their clients. WW Williams has existing warehouses. All we have to do is have them activate an area inside of one of their warehouses on our footprint, and then they can manage your international trade through the foreign trade zone. It'd be a small fee, but if you save enough money, it'd be well worth it. Again, it's a return on investment decision. That sounds a lot like one of our biggest uh, parts of our readership and, and what our readership take advantage of are what's called 3PLs, third-party third logistics companies. This sounds perfect for a third-party logistics company. Absolutely. Whether you work with W.W. Williams or if there's a third-party logistics provider that's looking for a location to, to set up and operate for the benefit of one of their clients, operating in a foreign trade zone makes a lot of sense for a 3PL. It just, it's, it's another arrow in your quiver for trying to uh, do business development. Yeah, absolutely. So take me through the process. Uh, if there's a checklist of three, let's say three items, three to four items that I would want to ask myself and say, you know, this sets off the bells to say, let's take, let's look at locations that offer it foreign trade zone. What would those three things be? Obviously, you said one, you have to at least be doing a million dollars of import or export. What are some of the others? So the, the second one is going to be a traditional um, location question because logistics costs are going to be involved in this. So how far are you or do you need to be from your client or a source of uh, international? Uh, so like in our case, we're located equidistance between the Dallas area and the Little Rock area. Um, so we're about two hours out of uh, Dallas and access to all of the intermodal operations there. South of us, Shreveport also has intermodal um, opportunities. And then further to our east, you have Memphis, which has intermodal opportunities, and you have the Riverport there in Little Rock. So being close to these destinations where uh, imported items are going to disembark from their, their travel source and then move becomes important. Those are the logistics costs. The other one then is, of course, where you're going to ship it to once it's once in handled. So companies that, uh, that, that need to operate in a foreign trade zone as part of their um, overall operations, say an automobile assembly plant or something like that, where they're going to uh, have that as part of their ongoing company operations, those are a little bit easier to justify. The other really gets into the cost of how, what it's going to take to push that, that inventory to the final destination. Okay, that is awesome. Uh, so is there anything else? Uh, tell me about the vision that you have for your FTZ there as it compares to your successful one in Rockford, Illinois. Again, a great question, Eric. So we just concluded a targeted industry study for our market. So we know that there are certain industries that we're a good fit for because we have low cost of electricity 
and uh, an abundant supply of, of gas also at a low cost. So companies that are a particularly good fit for our market would be automotive suppliers or assembly operations, industrial machine manufacturing, component part manufacturers for transportation manufacturing of any type. And all of these companies have a tendency to be importing components that with sufficient volume create the opportunity for foreign trade zone savings. So these are the kind of companies that we want to talk with. If uh, Again, if you have a global supply chain and you're looking to do business in the state of Texas, you owe it to yourself to look at Texarkana because setting up an operation in Houston or Austin or even Dallas, if you're going to move that product east or you're going to move it north, you're going to pass through here. Why pay those extra logistics costs when you could operate in, in this market? Yeah, that's a, that's a fact that you shared with me earlier. I thought you might really put an emphasis on that, about how everything has to pass through Texarkana. It's I-30. You know, I-30 is one of the most heavily traveled industrial corridors in the United States of America. It's on par with I-90 up in Chicago in terms of the amount of uh, industrial truck traffic that um, uh, travels on the property. Tie that in with the uh, the rail service that exists here, and you, you've got a natural logistics hub. We're already in an existing manufacturing location with about 16% of our labor force tied to uh, manufacturing and about 22% tied to uh, various types of uh, wholesale warehousing, trucking type operations. We're, we're definitely a blue-collar market, and we want to continue to grow in that. Well, Eric... You have given us some tremendous things to uh, think about and our readers and our listeners to, to ponder on about FTZs and what they need to do to consider about their companies. If one of them want to get information about Texarkana, I might as well give you a plug here. What are the steps they can do to, to get in touch with you and consider a location there in Texamerica Center? The easiest way to find us would be go to our website, www.texamericacenter.com. Com. We're also on Facebook, so you can kind of Google us there. I personally am on LinkedIn, and so you can look me up, Eric Voiles, uh, on LinkedIn, and would love to answer any questions that uh, your readers have about foreign trade zones in general. Consider me a resource, Eric. Go ahead and spell Eric Voiles, so in case uh, they need to know how to spell Voiles for LinkedIn, because that's a great way to contact you. Uh, E-R-I-C for Eric, and then Voiles is V as in Victor, O-Y-L-E-S. Eric, thank you so much. I'm glad that we got this opportunity uh, to talk with you. And, and as always, your wealth of information. We hope to have you on again soon. I appreciate that, Eric. Thank you very much, sir. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google. 